Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Book of 2 Corinthians, thank you. We're teaching on our new identity. Praise God. You know, you see it in the movies sometimes or on TV. People get their go through an identity change, go into witness protection or something like that. Well, God's got a new identity for you. Amen? Isn't that good? Well, before we teach or preach, let's, let's uh, do something that's not very easy to do, but we're going to do it anyway. Javier, where are you? Praise God. Come on up here. Everybody stand on your feet. Javier's going back to Chicago. Javier's from Chicago. He came, I guess, during the storm, and we've kept him ever since. He did all this beautiful sheetrock work, sheet work in this church. And you know, God touched his heart. This is a man of God. And uh, you're going to go back and we're just going to believe God for the will of God for your life. And that you'll be safe, protected, that God will open doors. You'll find a strong church. And that God will restore all that concerns your life, Javier. And we love you. You've been a great blessing here. And we appreciate all the work you helped us with in the storm and all that you did for us. And we're going to agree that God's going to bless your life. Amen. Lord, we just lay hands on Javier right now. Lord, he's, he's a man of God, a friend of Island Church, a blessing to us. So, Lord, we send him forth from here, uh, giving a good account of his soul, Lord. Father, thank you that you've sent him. Lord, that he found you in a, in a new and different way here. Father, I thank you that as he goes back to his home state and his home city, he finds doors open. He finds a company, a group of people that will worship and serve God and keep him on fire as he is here. Thank you that his life will be anointed, that there will be health in his body, prosperity in his bank and pocketbook, and that great restoration will be upon him. Now, Lord, we agree over it in Jesus' name. Uh, we let him go, but we never let him go. And, Lord, we continue to call him blessed, and we look forward to his return visits in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Give me a Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're talking about our new identity. We looked at some things last week, how even under the old covenant, God changed people. We looked at Saul, the king, King Saul, how when it came time for him to enter into the, to the, to the office of a king, uh, Samuel through Samuel's instruction as a prophet and through those that he was around and the word of God the Bible says he was turned into another man now we know also encounters with God Moses at the burning bush uh, Joshua uh, as he approached the city of Jericho before the great battle uh, in which the walls fell down uh, uh, other encounters, of course, David and many others. Uh, uh, God took just the raw material of the human being and turned them into something different so that they could maximize the potential of God in their dispensation and generation. Well, you've got to understand, when you got born again, you did not change. We've said this many times, but it bears uh, rehearsing and repeating. Uh, when you got born again, you were made brand new. Uh, many of the scriptures uh, that we adhere to in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, talks about us being new creatures. We'll watch. We'll, we'll, we'll look at one tonight. Being new creatures in Christ Jesus uh, says in Romans chapter six, we were buried with Him in baptism uh, unto death. That even like as Christ was raised from the dead, we also rise and walk in newness of life. 
uh, God didn't want to fix up the old human family. He wanted to eradicate it and raise up a brand new family in its place. And that's what he did through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. Humanity needed a place to die. It needed a death. So God supplied the cross. Amen. So you've got to understand, uh, you're a brand new person when you get saved. Uh, I know uh, there's a few people here that used to know me uh, 31, 32, 33, 35 years ago. But that person you knew, uh, 31, 32, 33, 34, 30, that person's gone. He died. I'm a new creature in Christ. You know, 30-something years ago, I began to serve God, got right with God, uh, got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I became a brand new person, a brand new creature. Now, we know there's growth and development that takes place, and there's changes that's, that, that, that happens, but until you understand your new identity, you'll never really hunger for change. And one of the most miserable ways to, to, to live is to be new on the inside, but still acting and behaving like the old man on the outside. Listen, you've been ruined for sin. Let me say that again. You've been ruined for sin. A sin won't work for you any longer. Uh, the drink won't do what it used to do. The drugs won't do what it used to do. Uh, the promiscuous lifestyle will not give the satisfaction that it used to because you're no, long, you're no longer estranged from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's now on the inside of you. And that which He does not approve of, which you involve yourself in, is only going to make you miserable, not give you pleasure. So you might as well serve God. If you want to really find true joy and happiness, and that's, listen, that's one area that people just get all in the ditch over, is their, is their quote, happiness. Well, I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm happy. I want to be happy. Happy, listen, it, it comes and goes like the sunrise and the sunset. You can be happy today and unhappy tomorrow. I could make everybody happy. I could, re I could reach into my pocket and pull out a great big old wad of $100 bills and just go through this congregation and start handing a $100 bill to every person. And by the time I got back to the back corner, everybody in here, your demeanor would have changed. You would have become happy. And then I could start back in the corner again and come back and take them all away from you and get back up here and that'll change right back to the way it was. And people put so much value in that. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be happy. I don't know. Listen, that, that will keep you in misery your whole life. God has given you something greater than happiness. He's given you joy. Joy is that, that inner delight on the inside of you when you know who you are, know what you have, know what you can do in Christ Jesus that brings a confidence in you that helps you understand I can face any challenge, I can overcome every obstacle, anything the devil throws at me, I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth and I am not going to fail in this life. I am going to be of success in Jesus' name. That's that joy that's on the inside of you. Happiness comes, happiness goes, but joy will last forever. Now, in, in, in the book of 2 Corinthians, now let's, let's remember this. People get all messed up doctrinally. You know, we sit, the ministries that I sat under for many years and still sit under today, uh, they can trace what they believe back to generations before them, all the way back to, to, to the Apostle Paul and that which God put in, into revelation through what we call the New Testament. Now let me say this. Don't get mad. Don't write me no letters on this. But let me just say this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. The Bible is progressive revelation, which means 
you begin in the book of Genesis and you get to the book of Revelation and you have to go backwards to understand the relevance of the doctrine which we adhere to. What we adhere to actually begins in the book of Acts. What is most relevant to us are the letters that Paul, John, and Peter wrote to the church. Those are the standards for our belief. That's what we judge everything by. If that was not true, then we'd have to adhere to all the feast days of the Jewish religion. We'd have to build temples. We'd have to bring lambs for slaughter. We'd have to adhere to feast days. Are you with me? But you've got to understand that's not true. Those things have been completed. The Bible says God has taken and folded those things up and put them away so that we can live in through the reality of a new covenant, a better covenant based on better promises. So when you begin to understand that, you begin to understand that the Apostle Paul, this revelation that God gave him, and I'm telling you, it's supernatural. Even Peter and John and those others, they said, man, Peter in his second letter said, you need to listen to those things that Paul preached, but they are hard to hear. Because Peter had a view of Jesus based on what he saw with his natural eyes and heard with his natural ears. Paul had a view of Jesus according to that which he knew by the Spirit. Now when you understand that, you will understand that what's most relevant to you as a believer is not what you contact with your physical senses, but what you understand by your spirit man. God does not impart explanation that pacifies the human intellect. He gives understanding that causes faith to rise up. I know a lot of people call the Bible the answer book, and there is some answers in the Bible. But more than the Bible is an answer book, it's a doubt-removing, faith-imparting book. Amen. That means you're not going to get the answer to every question, but you will get information that will remove doubt. Are you with me? Now, 2 Corinthians 5, did I say that? Let's begin here in verse 14. Verse 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Let me read that in the Amplified. It says, for the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. Am I, we're doing what we're doing. Why are we not playing bingo tonight? Why are we not sitting at home looking at the latest soap opera on TV? Why are we not down at 91st Street fishing off the fishing pier? It's because the love of Christ motivates us, constrains us, causes something in us to rise up, to want to know about Him, to receive of Him into us, to assimilate that and transmit that out to others. Now, you've got to understand something about that. That's how you came to be here. Because other people in other generations had the same desire. The love of Christ constrained them. So they gave their lives to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the teaching of it, to the preaching of it, uh, to the propagation of the gospel, giving of money, whatever they did, building of churches, whatever they did. That's why we're here today. Amen? So the love of Christ constrains us. Now notice, notice what it says. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. Now this is a concept that's hard to explain. But you can understand it. Pastor Rusty, can really one man have such an effect on this entire planet? Why today there are what? Some 7 billion people on the planet, could one man created 6,000 and some years ago have an effect on every person born on this planet? And can one man reverse the effect of the other one man so that what the other one man let into the earth can be done away with by the one man that did something about it? 
Well, the answer to that is yes. One man can affect every person on the planet. Every person on the planet born into the human family is born dead or separated from God. That is their identity. And listen, you must understand, it is not your fleshly identity or your intellectual identity or your monetary identity or your educational identity that, that really accounts for anything. It's your spiritual identity. You say, well, I, I'm a male. Paul said, be the male and a female. You say, well, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm African. I'm, I'm Asian. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Caucasian. No, no, neither Greek nor Jew. None of that avails to anything. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. So when you understand the only thing that means anything is that which we understand by the Spirit, then it should develop in you a true hunger for spiritual things. I want to know. I want to experience. I want to see the effects of the Spirit realm. See, Jesus said it like this. He said, the wind blows where it listens, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, but you can see the effects of it. You know, we travel sometimes down to South Texas to fish, uh, down to Copano and Baffin and Upper Laguna Madre and those areas. Now, down there, it's a little more prevalent than up here. But that prevailing south-southeast wind that blows during the growing season, especially on a lot of the mesquite trees, you look at them and they grow up and to the north. They're bent toward the north. Now, the reason that is is that wind blows that way as they grow. So they grow in the direction of the wind that's blowing on them. You cannot see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. Which means you cannot see the spirit or the spirit realm, but you can see the effects of the spirit in people's lives. You can see them bending toward righteousness, bending toward holiness, bending away from unrighteousness, bending away from sin, bending toward, toward health and healing and prosperity. Do you understand? So uh, we, we understand that one man died and all of us, did, all of us were in, included in that. Then we were all dead. Now notice this. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So you must understand, once you get born again, once you gain that new identity, you no longer live for yourself. Now let me say this, because a lot of people, this is their excuse, this is their, I don't know how to say this, this is their, this is their pacifier. Uh, they're kind of like, well, pastor, you know, I really don't, uh, you know, serving God and really pouring 100%, you know, I, I, I just maybe not, I'm not, not buying all of that. But, you know, on the other side, I'm not, I'm not sold out to the devil. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not a bank robber. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. But you have to understand, until you're delivered from the desire of self, and give yourself over totally to the one that died for you, then you might as well be a bank robber or a drug addict or anything else that has to do with sin and unrighteousness because really God is not judging levels of sin and saying this is worse and this is not as bad and, and you know, this is an A sin and this is a B sin and, and this is a triple A sin, you know. I mean, he's not doing that. What sin is, is a symptom of being separated from God. So being selfish or living for self which our whole society and world is geared for. I mean, all you got to do is get old blue eyes up 
and let him sing, I did it my way. And everybody will stand and salute and say, oh, man, he did it. He drank, what is it? I saw the commercial the other day where they had him. He was singing that song on the commercial, I did it my way. Uh, 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 Jim Beam or Jack Daniels or something like that. Did it my way, drank Jim Beam. Well, yeah, everybody said, oh, yeah, that's what I, I want to do it my way. Your way will send you to hell. I don't care how good you sing. And to live for self, especially after you have a new identity, will keep you in hell here on the earth. It'll keep you miserable. Listen, the world, the devil, your own ability, your own self can heap up on you riches and honor and glory and power and fame. But at the end of the day, you're still empty on the inside. At the end of the day, you know there's something else. There's something more I have not tapped into. Money hadn't done it. Fame hadn't done it. All of this stuff hadn't done it. What is it? It's the only thing. Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that can fill it. Living for him. Giving yourself to him. Now notice the next scripture. Now this next scripture is a mouthful. Verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yet they, yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth now know we him no more. Now notice, let me read it in the Amplified. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from purely a human point of view in terms of natural standards or of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human, human viewpoint as a man, yet now... We have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Now, could you imagine the response the first time Peter ever heard that verse? The first time John ever heard that verse? The first time they ever heard of that written, they probably were enraged and incensed. Because their entire message was based upon what they knew about Jesus after the flesh. We walked with Him. We talked with Him. We saw the miracles. We heard the messages. We tasted the fish. We tasted the bread. You ever notice how religion leaves Jesus in the cradle or on the cross? And then here comes Paul and says, listen man, we can't afford to know each other after the flesh. Not only that, we can't even know Jesus after the flesh anymore. We've got to know him after the spirit. If we're going to be overcomers, if we're going to have faith, it's not going to be the Jesus that walked, it's not going to be the Jesus that walked on the water. It's not going to be the Jesus that healed the sick. It's not going to be the Jesus that fed us the bread and the loaves. It's the Jesus that is now seated at the right hand of the Father. It's the Jesus that is in the realm of the spirit now in a glorified body making intercession for us. If we don't know about that Jesus, then the fleshly Jesus that we experience, it's not going to have any effect on us anyway. You can imagine how that shocked them to hear that. How dare, who does he think he is saying that henceforth we know him no more? What do you mean we know more? No, we're always talking about, and you got to understand, we always preach the gospels. We always talk about the things of the word of God from the gospels. We love them. We understand them. But you've got to dig into the word of God and you've got to discover the new identity of the risen Savior so you can understand the new identity he has given you. Amen? An inheritance in the natural. 
Not, not, not monetarily. Not, not something that, you know, a lawyer would go to court and probate. But I'm talking about your now, your eyes like your mom's. Uh, your walk like your dad's. Uh, your voice uh, like your mom or dad's. Uh, mannerisms that you see in yourself that are like your parents. Proves you have the same DNA. That if they did a test of your flesh, they would see you came from the same origin. They could trace it back from, from, from you to your parents, to your grandparents, to your great-grandparents, to your great-great-grandparents, to your great-great-grandparents. Well, God has given us what? An inheritance in Christ. So in the spirit realm, if you can see Him in the spirit realm and then begin to look at yourself in the spirit realm, you're going to see you got the same look on your face as He does. you got the same skip in your step that He does. You know, I'm just making an example here. you got His eyes. you got His smile. You say, what are you talking about? You have the same DNA of your origin. Oh, well, let's put it, let, 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 let's reverse it, flip it on the other side. Before you got saved, you had the same DNA of your origin, spiritually. You say, what do you mean? You were full of iniquity, the motivation to sin. It was, you were a partier, you were this, you were that. It was easy to lie, it was easy to cuss. You looked just like your father. You acted just like your father. Are you with me? You say, well, my father never did those things. We're not talking about your fleshly father. We're talking about your spiritual father. Amen. Now notice. Let me read that scripture one more time. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Now, there's, there's a point right there we should have made. Know we what? No man after the flesh. That's one of our problems when it comes to evangelization. We look out into the world and we look at people and we think they're okay. I'm okay, you're okay, we're okay. We're all okay. But no, you have to begin to look at people and judge them after the Spirit. Listen, you can, you can live in, a, in the most expensive house on the island, drive the fanciest car, have the greatest job or business, make the most amount of money, be married to the most beautiful woman, the most handsome uh, man, have the most beautiful children and be totally dead in your sins and trespasses. Now, if you look at those people, here you are maybe uh, just getting started in the things of God and you live in a one-room efficiency and you're just believing God to pay your bills, but you look at that and you look at their wealth and you look at their fame and you look at their fortune and then you look at yourself and you make a judgment, your judgment will be false because after the flesh you will judge yourself poor and judge them rich but after the spirit you will have to judge yourself rich and judge them poor you say why they don't have what you have they don't have eternal life they don't have the righteousness of God on the inside of them that's why you cannot afford to look at people after the flesh you've got to look at them after the spirit and make your judgment by the spirit when you do that there are only two kinds of people those that know Jesus and those that need to know him Mm -mm. then we know no man after the flesh yea though we have known Christ after the flesh now here we go yet now henceforth know we him no more now that doesn't mean we do away with our teaching and our preaching on the woman with the issue of blood, on blind Bartimaeus, on Jairus' daughter being raised from the dead on the, on the loaves and the fishes, on the calming of the sea what it means is when it comes to our identity, 
You cannot draw anything from the babe in the manger. You cannot draw anything from the man that healed the woman with the issue of blood. You cannot draw any conclusion from the guy that walked on the water. But when you begin to see the resurrected Christ and begin to understand the principles of redemption, that his death was your death, his cross was your cross. His resurrection was your resurrection. His seated at the right hand of the Father is your placing in the same, you're being placed in the same position. As He is, so are you also in this world. You begin to draw spiritually on His identity. You begin to see who He is. You begin to discover who you are. Jesus gave us an indication. The disciples didn't understand it. I think they probably understood a little bit about Peter's statement. You don't have to turn there. But in Matthew chapter 16, we've read it many times, Jesus said, whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And so they said, well, some say you're uh, Elijah, others Jeremiah, some say you're John the Baptist or one of the prophets. They were actually saying you're a, you're a reincarnation of somebody else. But then, then Jesus turned and said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now that was not what he saw in the flesh. He did not see the son of the living God in the flesh. He saw what? Maybe a prophet. He saw what? An anointed man. He saw, I don't know, but in the spirit, in the spirit, out of his mouth, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus turned and said, blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Now here's the key. Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you. Didn't, you didn't get that because you saw miracles. You didn't get that because you saw signs and wonders. You didn't get that for any reason. Blessed art you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father, the heavenly Father, pulled back the veil of the flesh and let you get a glimpse of the Spirit he has come and visited your human spirit and left a deposit or a residue of himself information which, help, which helps you to understand this is not just a miracle worker. This is not just an anointed rabbi. This is not another prophet. This is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then he says this, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood have not revealed it, but my Father that is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter. Now we read by that and we think, that, what does that mean? When Peter, oh, this is so good. When Peter got a revelation of Jesus spiritually, Jesus gave Peter a revelation of Peter spiritually. Now let me say that again. When Peter got a revelation of Jesus spiritually in his heart, not in his head, in his heart, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus gave him what? Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father that is in heaven. I say unto thee, thou art Peter. Peter was not his name. His name was Simon Barjona. Peter was the name Jesus gave him. You say, you mean will Jesus come and change my name? He might. He changed Peter's name. He said, you got a revelation. Of me, the heavenly Father revealed to your spirit who I am. Because of that, I'm now going to reveal to you who you are. You're a little rock. You're a little pebble. But upon the rock of who I am, 
a rock like the rock of Gibraltar, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he got a glimpse for a moment of who Jesus was, and when you understand who Jesus was, not in his humanity, but in his deity. Christ, the anointed one, in his anointed, in his anointing, the son of the living God, boom, I'm going to tell you who you are now. Now, so, how's my time? Ooh, I got five minutes. Isn't that good? Yet henceforth know we him no more, verse 17, therefore. Now, here it is. Because of what I just said, we don't know men after the flesh. We don't know Christ after the flesh. Therefore, if any man be, notice the term, in Christ. A revelation of Jesus, not in his humanity, but in his deity. Thou art the Christ, the Son of a living God. Therefore, if any man be what? In Christ. So who are we talking about? The man in Christ. Who are we talking about? The man in Christ. Everybody say, the man in Christ. Who are we talking about? The man in Christ. Therefore, if any man, that's everybody in here that's born again, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So you got a revelation of Jesus, and Jesus gives you a revelation of you. He is the Christ, you are the new creature. He is the Christ, you are the new creature. He is the Christ, you are the new creature. Everybody say, He is the Christ, I am the new creature. Say it again. He is the Christ, I am the new creature. Say it one more time. He is the Christ, I am the new creature. Now see, the problem is, here's, here's what's so problematic with us is, is people attempting with everything we have to believe God for the supernatural. Supernatural healing. Supernatural finances. Supernatural power. Supernatural wisdom, supernatural knowledge, is that we so many times revert back just to the natural. Just to the natural. When God says, listen, don't exhaust your faith trying to get me to do something for you I've already done for you. And don't exhaust your faith trying to defeat an already defeated foe. Use your faith to look into the mirror of the Word of God and to see my son Jesus, who he is, and then to see yourself in him. So you're not sick trying to get healed. You are the healed of God. Why? Because you are in Christ. Jesus isn't sick, you're not sick. Jesus isn't broke, you're not broke. We can get into so much teaching on he being the head, we being the body. We're not poor old sinners saved by grace. I heard people say, I'm just a poor guy on the radio the other day. I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. Except for the mercy of God, I'd be in a beer joint today. No, you're not. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Verse 21. You are a new creature. Now, now, don't get offended. Don't get offended. You're not a male creature. You're not a female creature. You're not a white creature. You're not a black creature. You're not a skinny creature. You're not a fat creature. You're not a rich creature. You're not a poor creature. You say, why? That's where everybody draws their identity from. That's where they draw. All of that will pass away and mean absolutely nothing. 
It is only the reality of the spirit realm. Who are you? I am in Christ. I am a new creature. One translation says a new species of being. One translation says an alien on this planet. You ought to get a bumper stick that says, I am an alien. <laughs> Amen. I was in San Diego holding a revival one time, and the pastor had a, a, a oh, about three months before I came out, a speaker came in, and that was the title of their message is, I am an alien. And the problem was, is after that meeting, there was a church in San Diego, 10,000 member church. And they bought a piece of ground out in the, out in the desert, right outside of San Diego, uh, right by their 10,000 seat auditorium, and built this long runway because the doctrine they preach says that the aliens are going to come back in a flying saucer and come pick them up. And so the headline of the San Diego paper said, the alien people are preparing for departure. And so this guy comes to his church and preaches, I am an alien, you know. Sometimes it doesn't work. No, we're not, you know, Mr. Spock. We're not, you know, Martians or, 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 or mood maidens or whatever else, you know, whatever other kind of alien you may think you may be. No, no, we are in Christ. We are in Christ. That is your identity. You are in Christ. A little piece of the deity of God you have been able to become a partaker of. You will never become deity. You will remain a human, a partaker of the divine nature. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's why you can tell people, I am not the same person you used to be. I used to be. Let's see. Well, I see you've changed. I have not changed. I have been made brand new. I've been made brand new on the inside. The real me, the spirit man, the, the, the hidden man of the heart. That's what the Bible calls. I am a new creature in Christ. I was born a human being. Now I'm a child of God. I was in the human family. Now I'm in God's family. I went from death to life. I went from darkness to life. I went from sick to healed. I went from broke to prosperous. Remember we said when we made everybody rich? Were you here when we made you rich? See, riches, riches. In the, in the world, in the kingdom, in the human family Is what you have So one day you may be rich, one day you may not But over here in the kingdom of God Riches are not what you have Riches are not what you possess Rich is who you are So it doesn't matter what you have, you're still rich You got millions in the bank, you're rich You have no money, you're still rich Because it's not what you have, it's who you are So your identity changed when you got born again You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now notice what it says. My time's up. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. We'll stop here. Old things are passed away. So, so here you go. You, 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 you go down to the light company. So I went to Island Church last night. I got saved. And the pastor told me I'm a new creature in Christ. That it, I'm not the same person anymore. That person's dead. He's gone. And this $300 light bill that that guy used to owe, that ain't me. Because they told me I'm a new creature. <laughs> and they said, old things have passed away. Yeah, give it a try. So it's not outward. It's what? It's inward. 
in the spirit realm. Now, old things. Everything in your past is gone. That's why there's no X's in the body of Christ. You say, what do you mean by X? I'm an ex-drug addict. I'm an ex-alcoholic. I'm a recovering drug addict. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm a recovering whatever. Not according to God. According to God, you're now a new creature in Christ. And old things have what? Passed away. One translation says, cease to exist. One says, the old state of being and the old way that things were are now no longer relevant to who you have become. Now, when you begin to understand that, you also begin to understand, well, in the natural, I may still owe the light bill. I, I, may, still, I may still have the uh, arthritis trying to mess with my body. Uh, I may still have problems with my mind, but the person on the inside is not the same person anymore. This is a brand new creature living inside this body now. Now from the standpoint of this new creature inhabiting this body, I can begin to affect change by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God in the realm of the flesh and in the realm of the mind. Now change is possible. Not only is it possible, it's probable. If you'll just stay with it. Whatever effort you give to it, that's what you're going to get out of it. You start renewing your mind, your mind will change. It'll start bowing its knee to what's on the inside of you. You, you, you need healing in your body. You start meditating on the scripture uh, that has to do with your physical healing and you watch your body. It will have to line up with what the word of God says about your physical body because the strength and the anointing of the new man on the inside. That's the whole concept of Christianity. Not that we become better people. Well, I got saved, now I'm a better person. No, you're not. You're a new person. And because of that, Old things are gone. Do not let your past harm you. Do not let your past inhibit you. Do not let your past torment you. You go to God and you th lift your hands and say, Thank you, Father. You don't even know that person. Because the Bible says he doesn't. See, that's a big argument. God knows everything. Let me tell you, I can prove to you by the Word of God. There's one thing he doesn't know. He doesn't know who you used to be. The Bible says he has taken your sin and removed it from you as far as the east is from the west. Now that still puzzles people that study uh, geolo the geology of the planet, the directions, the movement of the... They still can't tell you why. They cannot tell you why you can go north till you start going south. But you cannot go east till you start going west. They can't do it. They can't do it. And God said, I remove your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. That's infinite. He says, I have thrown it in the sea of forgetfulness, never, never, never to remember it against you anymore. He doesn't know you did drugs. He didn't know you were a liar. He didn't know you cursed. He didn't know anything about, he didn't know anything about that. And then all of the failures you've had since you've been a believer, if you've gone to God, as it says in 1 John, and confessed your sin to Him, then He is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He doesn't know anything about any of your failures. He just knows you're his child. He just knows you're his child. That's your new identity. That's your brand. So we're going to work on our new identity. By the time this is over, you're going to look at yourself in a whole different light. You're going to see yourself in Christ. And because of that, I guarantee you, it can cause a change in your mind, a change in your finances, a change in your health, a change in your marriage. All kinds of changes can happen because you have been made brand new. Amen? Stand on your feet, lift up your hands. And Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. 
For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.